Welcome to the Cart Hero Podcast. My mission for this podcast is to break down the complexity of the journey from zero to nine figures in the most simplistic form possible. I want to share what I'm learning to help you sell more products and profit more. From that, my hope is that you'll give back to the missions that are important to you. Let's get started. Welcome back to the Cart Hero Podcast. My name is Trent Fikes, co-founder of Cart Hero. I'm here with my e-commerce team, the rock stars that keep everything going. I've got Macy from our customer support, Brownie from graphic design, and Hope, which does our social. They work with me on my e-commerce brands, and then now they're also transitioning into working with me on Cart Hero. And it's super helpful to have them on the podcast and helping them kind of share the journey and what goes on behind the scenes. So glad to have you guys guys join us this morning. Glad to be here. Thank you. Welcome to the podcast. So we have a little bit of business to take care of first thing this morning because... Here we go. Yesterday, so yesterday was kind of an interesting day. I got back from lunch at the office and realized that my zipper of my pants had been down most of the day. Um, and, and this has happened. This actually, <laughs> so this actually happened not long after Brownie started with this. Yeah. You, you want to tell, tell, <laughs> tell that part. Let's go back. Like, what's it? Two, two or three years ago now. Oh yeah. And I had only worked with, with you for about, maybe a month but so where we were set up we were in a older warehouse and we were doing some renovations so actually I was my office was one room with Trent and also his wife Peyton so we had three desks in one office space but um oh my goodness I guess Presley was a baby at the time because Peyton didn't always make it in at the start of the day and so uh Trent comes to work and I promise, I did not notice that his pants were unzipped. I did not see. <laughs> so I'm sitting there with my back turned, working on the computer when Peyton comes in and and they're talking. And Peyton just blurts out, "Oh my gosh, Trent, your pants are unzipped." <laughs> <laughs> and Trent was like, "You could have texted that." <laughs> yeah, like just, like, just blurted it out. So then I had to be like, I promise I didn't see it. I promise. <laughs> I didn't even notice. <laughs> so ever since then, we've, we've we kind of made a, which, of course, Brownie's gotten more comfortable over, over the years. And she said, like, hey, in the future, I'm just I'm just going to tell you. Like, yeah. So um, but it was kind of funny. Yesterday I got back from lunch and I I realized that my zipper had been down all day. And so I now I, I announced it to everyone because I was like, I'm going to get the awkwardness out of the way. So I just announced to the whole office, like, guys, I, I just realized that my zipper's been down and I'm super disappointed. Brownie was actually, she was gone yesterday and, and Hope was, was out getting a new computer. So she wasn't there. So there was just a couple of other of us that uh, was in the office and, but Macy was there. And so I, I, I hollered out like, Hey guys, like, I'm sorry, my, my zipper's <laughs> been down. And I just now realized it. I don't, you know, I don't know if you guys Notice her or not. So Macy's, I can hear her in the other office, and she's like, well, I, I, I did notice it. I, I, I'm i sorry, but I, I didn't tell you. Um, I couldn't say anything. <laughs> so she just, she let me go all day with, with, with my zipper down. So you should have, like, sent him a message. I should have. Yeah, just, just like, like, a, just like hey, a just let you know, nice uh, 
base camp or, or sent Aaron a message and told Aaron to do the dirty work. I could have. Like, hey. done that. We could have told the whole office and then you. <laughs> or maybe you could send. At least I didn't go spread it around. Yeah. That's right. What if you sent a message a <laughs> to the whole <laughs> office and said, everyone might want to check their zippers. <laughs> <laughs> Not to point anyone out. <laughs> Oh gosh, would that have like freaked like y'all would immediately panicked if y'all got got that message? <laughs> exactly. I had on like I think I had on like I did not have on pants with a zipper, <laughs> which makes that so much better because I know it couldn't have been me. I don't ever wear pants with a zipper either. That's funny. <laughs> well, cool. Well, there's just some little little office humor for for the for the day. So we took the just to go ahead and jump in. We took the. F- the first two episodes to of the podcast to kind of carry you through my journey from you know starting an e-com business that was you know began as a side hustle to now becoming a nine-figure e-com owner. And then we on the second episode we talked about kind of how that transitioned into us building Cart Hero and how Cart Hero is is helping other e-commerce owners build their funnels. But now it's time to, you know, now that we've told the backstory and what Cart Hero is all about. It's really time to kind of jump in and, and really just just nerd out. We're, and it's not always going to be just me and, and this team on the podcast. I'm going to bring other people that I know in the industry, other people that are highly successful. We're going to get them in on the podcast and we're going to share as much value as possible. First, I want to, before we jump in, I want to talk about a couple, I'm going to call them house rules. Um, I'm a big... I talk about this a lot, and one of my biggest things is is that information is will do you zero good um, unless you you're willing to take imperfect action. And so what what I mean by that is is you know for example like starting this podcast has been imperfect action for me. It's you know I've I've always been behind the scenes. I've I've built my own brands. I've worked with other people, helped them build their brands. I've consulted. I've helped tons of our Cart Hero and AppTrans users. But I've never really shared publicly my, my, my way of doing things and, and how I operate. And that honestly is kind of uncomfortable for me, kind of being um, on the forefront, sharing what's, what's working for me. So f- that, this is imperfect action for me. And I say that because I know that, or I, I feel like these first couple episodes of the podcast aren't, aren't going to measure up to what this podcast is eventually going to get to. Because I know that if I continue to take imperfect action, these episodes are going to get better and better and better. And then one day I'm going to be able to look look back and be like, "Wow, like those first couple episodes were awful, but now I'm really good at this, and I'm I'm like I'm going to be a rock star at it." And and I'm excited about getting to that point, but I'm also excited about experiencing the journey of not being so good at it, and then watching myself kind of evolve. So take imperfect action. On, on what you hear from this podcast. Don't don't get stuck in analysis paralysis where you know you, you start consuming the content and you don't do anything with it. The um, next thing that I want to talk about is kind of the vision for this podcast. I want this podcast to be beneficial for kind of people in all areas of e-commerce, whether you're just getting started, you're you're trying to get your brand off the ground. Or if you're an established brand and you're ready to just take it to the next level. So there's going to be multiple times throughout this podcast that, that you kind of, you probably are going to feel like we're talking about a lot of, a, a lot of basic stuff. And, if, and there's going to be nuggets of, of some, some things that I'm, 
you know, actively seeing and learning specifically about being a nine-figure nine figure brand owner. But I, I also want you to know that no matter where you're at, you can't get so caught up in thinking that, you know, I already know that, that that's basic, you know, I, I, don't need, I don't need to focus on that. Because truthfully, even, even where I'm at now, I'm still, working, I'm still working on the basics. And I'm not too good to focus on the basics. And to be honest, the basics is what, what drives our success. And I truly feel like, if, especially if you're, if you're a nine-figure or, or smaller, I, I don't even know the correct words. Less than. Less than. <laughs> if you sold less than nine figures, like you can get two nine figures just by practicing the basics. And I know that, so I, when I, I wrote, some of the stuff that we're going to talk about on the podcast comes from, from my book, E-Commerce Simplified. And in part of it, I, I, I was talking about my favorite quote, which was from Michael Jordan. And I'm, I'm going to read it, but then I'm going to let Hope, it was kind of an interesting or funny topic because I butchered, we were recording some videos. Can and, I, can I say my part before you read yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we were doing a, yeah, we we're doing a video for Trent and like, you know, when you're doing like a video that's longer than a minute, sometimes you get hung up on a little bit of what you're going to say. And for some reason, this day was just, we were tired already, I could tell. But he got hung up on this Michael Jordan quote, could not say it correctly for the life of him. Like, I'm, I promise you, I need to find those old, like that video and just do an outtakes of yeah. it. Because I'm telling you, it it was probably 11 or 12. Just, oh my goodness, why can't I figure out what this <laughs> says? Well, by the time it was all said and done, Michael Jordan had done said like 30 different things. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> all which made sense, but weren't quite right. <laughs> so the, what he actually, his actual quote, and, and I really do like, like what he says here. He says, get the fundamental, get the fundamentals down and the level of everything you do will rise. Oh, see, I almost couldn't even, I couldn't even, <laughs> reading it. Fun, fundamentals. Let me do that again. And- get the fundamentals down and the level of everything you do will rise. You were saying like, if you want things to rise, it's important to have fundamentals and basics around you or something. And I was like, Hold on, wait. What did Michael Jordan say? <laughs> but you know, just for me, like, just to relate this back to Michael Jordan and sports, like, and I, I grew up playing basketball, like that was that was my thing. And basically, what what he's really talking about is like something as small as as free throws. You know, all these NBA players and stuff, they go out and they shoot hundreds of free throws every single day. It's the it's it's the easiest thing to do in the game of basketball. Like you don't. You don't have to have a whole lot of talent to be able to make free throws, but they practice it over and over and over. And how many times there's been games won or lost based on free throws mm-hmm. and like just how important it is. So, so I really love, I love that. And I, I hope the hope puts together a little, little sizzle of all mm-hmm. the 30 different Blooper things. Real. Blooper I, real. I did read when I was trying to figure out it, which Michael Jordan quote it was. He said, he was saying that the success is in, some failure and he has shot over like 9,000 free throws that he missed. And I was like, that's a, that's a lot. And he's one of the best ever, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And there, there's another one of his quotes where he talks about like how many like game winning shots that he's taken and missed. Mm. And the reason that he's been successful is because like he's, he's took so many, like everyone mm. remembers the ones that he made basically. Right. Um, so yeah, well, cool. Well, let's jump in and talk about today's topic, 
And today what we're going to talk about is the importance of your niche. And let's go ahead and go ahead and get this out there that I'm probably, and everyone's probably going to butcher this word. I don't know how you, you guys say, what was the different options? Niche. 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 We may end up calling it a knee by the end of time <laughs> in, in, into this podcast. So I'll probably call it three different things. But we're going to talk about what is a niche and how to really unlock the full potential of it. And what I want to do first, I want to let Macy tell us what the definition of, of a niche is. A niche is a specialized segment of the market for a particular kind of product or service, kind of like your target audience. Okay, awesome. So basically, a niche is, it's really the customers that you serve. And what's important to realize is that, you know, as a business, it's not, a, it's not, it's truly not about the products that you sell. It's really about the customers that, that you serve. And you know, it's, that's really important in like every single area of your business, you know, whether that be in, you know, your customer support or your graphic design or maybe even your social. So what I want to do is I want to go around and like, I want to talk about how a niche is important in each different area of, of really y'all's expertise and, and what you do with, with Eternal Light and our, our, our other brands. So um, let's start start with Brownie. So Brownie is our graphic designer, and I'd love to hear kind of your take on what makes a, a niche important for, for graphic design. Well, I think it's, I mean, it's very important. You want, you're wanting products that appeal to a certain demographic. So you have to know that person um, that's going to buy your products. So with, with our sister company, Eternal Light, <clears throat> I know that our customer base is mainly, um, Christian women, probably, um, what middle-aged, I guess is what the, I'm in that group. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what I would prefer to be called. <laughs> yeah. I would say 30, to, uh, you know, Christian female, 30 to 65 mm -hmm. conservative. Yeah. So I have, I am challenged with designing things that I know would appeal to them. And so, um, one thing that we've learned is like, they really aren't going to wear a white t-shirt. So I'm going to try to avoid a shirt that's going to be on a white T-shirt. Now, we can get away with some lighter colors, but I'm going to stick with, I'm just going to avoid white altogether. Mm. It doesn't sell. So there's it's a waste of efforts and, and money to, to push that on our store. Same with, like, not going to use a deep V, um, V-neck T-shirt, not going to use fitted T-shirts. But the design itself, you know, as a graphic designer – and I, and I think a lot of people do this. You can adapt to the different variations of your audience. I can throw in some designs that look a little more young and contemporary, but I'm going to stick to a lot of the traditional designs, a lot of those key um, verses from the Bible that are appealing to that, to that demographic. Um, and also with us, like we're constantly changing and adding new designs, but I'm going to avoid certain holidays because that's not really going to be appealing to Christian women. They're probably not going to wear Santa or an Easter bunny. Right. Um, we're going to focus on, on the, you know, the Christian aspect of those two holidays, not really big on Halloween. Those aren't going to sell well. So it's a matter of just learning, learning what your customers want to mm. shop for. So. Awesome. Yeah. And just going back to what I, what I was saying is it's, you know, you're, we're, we're not designing 
you know, designing what we think they, you know, they want. Like we're designing, or, you know, specifically what, what they tell us that they, mm-hmm. that, that they want. Um, so that, that's extremely important. So now I want to go to Macy, which is our, our customer support and kind of hear her take on, on why a niche is important for customer support. Choosing a category of people versus a product is very important because you need to know your customer. You need to know how to talk to your customer with kindness and compassion, know how to respond. Um, Our customers are an older generation. They're not so tech savvy. Um, Their emails may come across very short. They may get frustrated from not understanding how to use our online website. I have to be very understanding with them and help them even though they might not be so nice and get them back to a point where they're happy and satisfied with our company. We have to know how to earn their trust um, while we also have to trust our customers. Um, With us being Christians, we have to hope that our customers are going to be very honest. So whenever they email us and they've lost their package or they say that their shirt comes with a hole in it, we have to trust them that they really have lost their packages um, or that their clothes, they didn't do something to damage their clothes and be very nice and help them replace it. Um, Earning our customers trust is important because once they trust you, they might start to give you ideas. And since we've picked a similar group of people, chances are that they'll give us similar ideas. These might not be out of the world ideas, just everyday ideas, but if they trust you, they'll be more willing to purchase those items from you versus another company, which will help to grow your business. Mm. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And I I just remember, I I just remembered this. I know that I I talked the other day about, about telling this, but so Macy does our customer support, our customer support now and does a fantastic job. But like looking back to when we first really got started, my brother was, uh, he was, he was working with us. And, and if you knew my brother, like he is the last person on planet earth that probably should have been doing our customer <laughs> support. Like he's, he was a probably, I think he was probably 17, 18 years old guy. Like just what, what he did not fit the, at this time, you know, I'm still learning about, you know, mm-hmm. our niche and who, like, who can talk well to our customers and, and, you know, help them with their problems correctly and know how to talk to them. So Colton really wasn't, probably wasn't the best choice for, for customer support, but we were really just getting started. So that's what we had. And at the time we were working from a bedroom in my house and this was the funniest thing. I tell this story all the time and it would, it would embarrass him if he knew I was telling this story. <laughs> But um, so we at at the time of Eternal Light, we sold a lot of solar cemetery decorations. So basically, what it is is it was a, a light up memorial that would go at a cemetery. You would take this plastic ground ground spike and put it into the bottom of the um, of the different pieces, and then you would push those down in the ground, and it, that's what would would hold it up. Um, and then it would light up at night, and it was just like a it was a cemetery memorial that. You know, people would buy uh, for their loved ones. Well, Colton was answering phone calls at the time that, you know, when customers would call in. And this man, I think he was calling, he had bought one of our lights for his his wife and and had it for a while. And one of the, his ground ground stake had either gotten stolen or broke off or, or something happened. And so he called in one day and I, it was early in the morning. I can remember listening to Colton in there answering the phones. I was in another bedroom in my office, you know, at the time. Um, but he picks up the phone and, and the guy asked him. And I, I at the time, like our, our phone calls were recorded. So I was able to go back and, and listen to this. And it was hilarious. The guy starts the conversation off and saying, hey, I'm just calling to uh, place an order for a steak. And my brother's like, 
answers him and says, steak, like we don't sell steaks here. We're, we're a solar light <laughs> company and hangs up the phone. And when I go back and listen to this conversation, like I know he was talking about buying a, a ground, a ground, steak. A ground steak for his, his no. solar light. But Colton thought he was calling and want to buy a ribeye. Yeah. <laughs> I'd place a pickup order, please. <laughs> yeah, like, strip how, how if would, you don't mind. Yeah. How would, how would you like that cook, sir? <laughs> That's funny. But it's just like, just to relate that back to the customer support, it's, it's knowing, knowing the different ways that your customers are, are going to talk are going to talk to you mm-hmm. and knowing what, what their needs are and, you know, and knowing that they might not e- explain things the same way that you do. Mm-hmm. Um, so that, that, that was a really funny story. That, that's one of my favorites. Um, okay. Well, next I want to, I want to toss it over to Hope and let her tell us. So Hope is our um, social media manager. She's uh, managing our eternal light social and then now also our cart hero social. So Hope, can you tell us about uh, the importance of a niche with, with social? Yeah, it's very important because, you know, when you look at social media, there's there's a lot of different platforms. And when I post something, it could be the same post. It's going to do really well on Facebook and then it might not do really well on Instagram. And a lot of that is because how you design and how you run ads and how you do those things is based on who is looking at you on those social media. So I have a lot more freedom and on Instagram and TikTok and things like that because it's a younger generation of people looking at our stuff. But at, but at the same time, we try to focus on Facebook a lot because our, you know, our our age that we were saying 30 to 65, they're on Facebook. They're more apt to be in Facebook groups and, you know, share your posts and all those things. We also talked about this yesterday. They have a longer attention span uh, the older they are. And so, you can get away with having, you know, a two-minute video. Well, when you're trying to to get somebody 18 to 25, it needs to be 30 seconds or under um, for them to even, like, like it. But I think it also impacts the way we run ads because um, we're running ads right now of, of a video where we're really talking about the, the shirt design that we're wearing. It's kind of a small little devotional you know, gives them something and they're really interacting with that more than just, hey, here's our buy one, get one free sale or whatever we're running at the time. Um, so we're really seeing a change in that. And I think we're adapting well because we realize like what they actually want to see on their Facebook and Instagram. Basically with social media, you just want to make sure you're staying on top of things and, you know, you can kind of figure out the trends and and what's going but the the good thing about our our people is is they they are big advocates of us and so if we can get them to share our content and our products then um that's really kind of where we uh we succeed right there i think part of it that makes a big difference is we are we are christians and so what we're selling matters to us too. Like yeah. as a designer, I will admit there's not, there are some shirts that aren't really my style, but it doesn't go against what I believe. It's mm-hmm. just not really the the style, you know, design that I would have in my closet. But for me as a Christian, I am, my work matches what my faith is based on as well. And so we're not trying to pretend and we're not trying to like be somebody that we're not. I think right. that's important as business owners is find a find that 
product, that customer base that you would belong to, mm-hmm. you know, because mm-hmm. then you're not, I think people can tell the sincerity yeah. of mm-hmm. our group, which is why, that is why I think our customers, they like us. They know that we're being sincere. And, right. Um, it's authentic. Yes. And I think that's the same case if you're, you know, looking to, like you addressed this, um, someone just starting out, pick something that you are passionate about mm-hmm. too so that you can, you have knowledge, you know. Yeah. So Awesome. Well, cool. I hope that everyone has enjoyed kind of hearing the different perspectives, you know, coming from, you know, whether it be graphic design or social or, or even customer support on how and why, like, why your niche is so important in each one of those divisions. Now what I want to do is I want to, I want to cover a couple highlights from, from both sides, whether you're, you know, just starting out your business or if you have already have a business and you're really looking to unlock the full potential, um, from, from your niche. So let's start with, with just starting out. So if you're just starting out, you know, going back to what I said in the very, very beginning is it can be so easy to, when you're first starting a business to think about, you know, which, which products, products am I going to sell? You know, you're really, it's easy to get in that mindset of, of thinking that your business is about the products when that's really a huge mistake. You know, you really need to be thinking on who it, who, who the customer is that you want to serve. So step one in, in picking your niche is going to be determining that customer group that you want to serve. And like Brownie just hit on just a second ago is I really suggest you know, picking, picking a niche that you have an interest in or that you have some type of experience in. And the reason for that is that's going to allow you to basically be able to, to talk the talk and, and walk the walk, you know, just like those customers. And like Brownie said, a lot of times, you know, in specific niches, it, it's, I think, I feel like customers can see through and see whether or not you're authentic about things. Mm-hmm. And so like, you know, for example, and we're going to talk more about, you know, the pet niche in just a second, but you know, that's, that's like a tight knit community. And I feel like if you really don't care about pets and you're, you don't really, that's not really your thing. People are going to, are going to catch on to that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but if you actually love pets and you're into dogs and like into the different things, like you're, you're going to be able to t- have that conversation. And you're going to be passionate about it as well. So step one is going to be determining the the customer group that you want to serve. Like I said, I suggest picking something that you're interested in or you have experience in. Um, when you're picking your niche, it you know, in the beginning, it can it can seem like going very broad is is the most logical route because you're thinking, oh, like if I pick the pet niche, you know, if, if I just pick pets, that gives me so many potential potential customers that I can sell my my products to, so many people that I can add to my database. You know, that sounds logical in the beginning, but when you're just starting out, you really need to be super laser focused. You need to narrow that, that niche down as far as possible. So what I, what I mean by this is, you know, going, continuing with that, that, you know, that if you, that pet niche, I would even narrow it down even, you know, a little bit first. So let's just say you want to be in the pet niche, decide what type of pet you want your business to be about. Is it dogs? Is it cats? So let's just say you went with dog. I would actually even narrow it down a little bit further, and, and I'll tell you why in just a second. But I would narrow it down something to more of like a breed. Um, so you might go from pets down to dog, and then all the way down to I want to serve American bulldog owners. 
And the reason that this is so important is that you can speak directly to American Bulldog owners. Because think about this, like how different is your ideal customer on just like, let's just say you just went from pets down to dog. Like how different is the the ideal customer from someone who owns a Rottweiler versus someone who owns a poodle? Like those are two completely different types of people. <laughs> Even though like we do have a, a rare case <laughs> like we, so Macy, um, girly girl in the office, mm-hmm. she, they own a Rottweiler. And then we have Aaron, which is, you know, like hiking, backpacking man. Right. They have, what what, what they have? It's a, uh, is it miniature poodle? Miniature a poodle. A miniature poodle. And he, its name is Cooper. Mm-hmm. And so like. He's precious. <laughs> Shout out to Cooper. You're yeah. precious. We love you. <laughs> um, they don't really fit what you would think, <laughs> but it works. It works. And he loves Cooper. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I think that that started, that probably started out as Cicely's dog. I, yeah, I would oh. think so. But I know that's a rare, rare situation, but being able to speak <laughs> directly to your ideal customer, again, niching all the way down to I'm going to serve American Bulldog owners is going to be so much easier than just saying I'm in the pet niche. So I hope, I hope you're, you're following that. Step two. So after you've just, you know, you've narrowed down, you've, you've picked a very narrow niche. The next thing you want to do is you really want to join the conversation. And the way that I suggest doing that is, you know, finding out where your, your ideal customer hangs out. And there's a lot of Facebook groups for the wildest things. Like in whatever your niche is, there's, there's going to be a Facebook group of people that are interested in that same thing. So go join those, like go join groups and get inside the conversation. And again, this goes back to, this is why I feel like it's important to have some type of experience or interest because once you join these groups, you can now, like, these are your, these are your people. You can, you can easily talk to these people. You can relate to them. And once you join these groups, you really want to start asking questions. So if you were using that American Bulldog, you know, some of the different things that your customers might like would be dog toys and you know, food and different things. So get in these, these groups and ask questions, find out, like do, do your research and find out, Hey, what, what do these customers want? Where, where can I fit into the market? And, you know, I, I I say this in the e-commerce simplified book, but as entrepreneurs, it's, it's easy to get in the mindset that to provide value to someone that we need to invent products or that we need to come up with something crazy or cool or, or something off the wall that's, that hasn't been done before. When really the easiest way to get momentum and to get momentum and to get going is to just provide your ideal customers with the products that they're already looking for and they're already buying. Um, so jump in these groups and, and ask questions like, you know, what's your American Bulldog's favorite toy? Um, what, what does your American Bulldog enjoy doing? And, and really just start to learn everything that you can about this ideal customer. And, and we're going to talk about this here in, here in just a minute, but go ahead and start, start gathering data about this. Um, if you see someone posting pictures of, you know, them with their, their dog, like save that photo to a, to a folder, really like turn yourself into a detective and learn everything you can about your ideal customer. And so here's, after you have that information and you're starting to gather all this data and you're really learning about who this ideal customer is, step three is going to be creating your customer card. And I want to let Brownie talk about the customer card and what, what that concept's all about and why it's important. So Brownie, can you talk about that for a second? Yeah, it's basically kind of identifying 
who you're talking to when you're marketing and when you're when you're um, thinking about your products and stuff, all the way down to maybe even, and this was something Trent covered in his book, picture who that person is. Give them a name. Give them um, like where would they live? What are their hobbies? What are they involved in? And that way when you when you are marketing, it is almost like you can imagine talking to that person directly, not just this broad casting a huge broad net and hoping that somebody bites, but like directly talking to that person. And I, I do it a lot in my design work. I, I am fortunate enough to where um, I do see a lot of our products out like here locally. If I go shopping, I see people in our T-shirts. And of course, at our church, I see tons of women. So I kind of have an idea of what woman is wearing this particular style shirt. But then I also, I do the design work, and then I also do our email marketing. And so when I am working on an email, I imagine what my email would sound like if I was sending it directly to this character card. Mm -hmm. And for me personally, I do consider, there's a lady here in our community. Her name is Robin. I know that she has older uh, kids, like her youngest is a junior in high school, and she has um, a new grandbaby. Robin is always so um, encouraging to me when I see her in public. She normally has on one of our T-shirts, and she normally says something about, because we often send out like a little devotional, and she's very encouraging to me as far as like, oh, my goodness, that devotional really, really spoke to me the other day. Thank you for sending that. So now when I'm writing emails, there's a lot of times I think, well, what would I say to Robin today? Yeah. And so sometimes it's like, hey, I know life is so busy right now. You're probably at the ballpark or you may be, you know, running ragged, getting ready for graduation or Easter. You might have missed that we have a whole new section on our website. Mm -hmm. So I try to connect with what I think that particular customer, one singular individual might, how that it might impact her life. Yeah. So... I think that's important too. In every demographic, you can just say, "Okay, what is this American bulldog owner? Where, where, where do they live? You know, what yeah. are their hobbies? What, how old would this person be?" And I want to talk to that person. Right. Yeah. What, what, what do they do for a living? Um, all like every the further you can carry that down and and kind of paint that picture of that of your ideal customer, you're going to use that in everything. You know, Brownie talked about using it in your emails and your design. You know, going back to you know, hope with our, our video ads and everything. Like when we shoot videos, we use people like Brownie and Hope who fit that ideal customer. Mm -hmm. You know, how well do you think our ads would, would work if we, you know, pulled some somebody off, look like they've been in a crazy rock band or, you know, it's, right. just, it's just not going <laughs> to fit. You know, it doesn't fit the demographic. And when we shoot our ads, like we can, we can put that ideal avatar on those ads that speaks directly to that person and you know carrying it all the way back to customer support is knowing who you're talking to mm -hmm. you know if you're talking to a kim the dog owner who plays tennis and lives in a subdivision the way that you talk to her is completely different than the way that you would talk to a old retired military man who's interested in guns exactly like, it's just it's just like a completely different conversation so that's really the the first three steps of you know picking out if you're starting from not, you don't have your niche and you're really trying to decide 
And now what I want to do is, is I want to talk about really how you can unlock your, your full, your niche's potential. If, if you already have an existing business and you're really just looking to, to maximize its potential. And the reason I want to talk about this is because, and I've been, I fell victim to this, this myself is that if you already have an existing business, you can sometimes get so married to the products that you already have that you lose sight on that you're actually serving these customers, that your business, again, isn't the products, it's the, it's the customers that you serve. So, you know, a lot of times I see people who have success with a certain type of product and then, you know, something in the market changes and they don't have as much success with it anymore and they just try to keep beating the dead horse over and over and over instead of looking at it and going, okay, here's what my niche is. I've sold them these products already. What else, what are they interested in now? What, what's changed in the market? What's changed in the economy? What, what, what has, what's changed about the world that now they're interested in something different? Mm-hmm. And breaking away from these are the products that I sell my customers to, hey, let me go back and let me listen to what do you, what do you guys want? What, how can I serve you? And I, like I said, I fell victim to that myself and, and really back in our early stages, I, I talked early stages, you know, I talked earlier about that we sold cemetery memorial lights and actually how Eternal Light got started. I bought Eternal Light when it was one single, uh, it was just a product. It was uh, a light up cross that, um, again, was a, a cemetery memorial and it wasn't an online business. It was a brick and mortar. It was actually a wholesale business that was owned by a, a family member of mine. And they, they invented the, the, the cross and um, they sold it to flower shops. And this was back in the probably the early 2000s, maybe 2005, 2006, somewhere around there. And they sold it to floor shops. And, you know, obviously everything started shifting to online. Um, they, they were the, my family member, he was an older guy, so he didn't have a whole, whole lot of experience online. So I saw the opportunity to take the business online. So I, I kind of acquired the single product from from him and then turned it in, into a business. Well, we launched like, you know, five or six other solar lights and started selling uh, selling those online. And we did really well with it. We sold, uh, I mean, thousands and thousands and thousands of these, these solar lights using uh, social media ads and things like that. And it, it did really well and we grew. But what happened was, it, you know, at some point it started to kind of, we, we hit our peak and we weren't able to grow any further with that. And we started to actually see the business slow down because we had been pushing these these lights for so long. And it finally came to the point to where I, I was kind of forced into, into learning this myself. It's like, I've been trying to push these solar lights for so long, I got married to the to the product instead of thinking like, hey, the people that are buying these, these solar lights, they are Christian women, you know, back to that same demographic, the, the 30 to 65 conservative Christian woman. And so really when I learned this, my, it was, you know, I was kind of forced into it of going back and saying, okay, these solar lights aren't working. Let me ask them, let me ask the customers, what would they like from us? And so luckily we had a, a pretty good size email list and a lot of people already following us on our social. So all we did was ask them like, Hey, like, what would you like to see from us next? And they told us what, what, what they wanted. And that was when we got started into apparel. And then now apparel is one of our, like, is our biggest thing. And there's going to come a day and, and we've already started widening the, that out. Now we have 
books and Christian gifts and we have, you know, our project devotions and like, it's just, we now serve the the niche instead of just selling them, them solar lights. So, you know, I, I really just want to encourage you that if, if you're kind of stuck in your business and you're wanting to get to the next level, take a step back and, and look at it and say, you know, am I married to my products or am I serving my, my customers? And once you do that, you can, you can really just listen to the feedback that you get and find out exactly what they, they want, um, they want, want you to do. So a big takeaway from that is, you know, don't be married to your, to your products. Um, so, so married to it that you don't see the, the big picture. You serve your customers. You don't really sell specific products. All right, guys, I hope that you've enjoyed this podcast and us covering the topic all about the niche. If you want to learn more about that, you can check out my book, E-Commerce Simplified. You can visit my social and you'll find a, a link to my link tree where you'll, you can find the link to the book. I will send you one for free. So hope you enjoyed the podcast and we'll see you in the next episode.